Track and field fans, the best track and field fans in the world, thank you for joining us for the Friday 15. Hope you're excited for a great weekend. Such a great weekend, we're going to have two bonus podcasts for you. This one's going to be short, previewing meet. Then Sunday, we're going to go live right after Rabat, 2.10 p.m. Or 4.10 p.m. Eastern. That'll be in your podcast feed because it's a great action. We've got the LA Grand Prix on Friday and Saturday, Rabat on Sunday. Fred Curley will not be racing Marcel Jacobs because Jacobs is pulled out. But is there too much vitriol for Marcel Jacobs? No one's ripping Sydney like they're ripping him. Who wins the 1500 in LA? Who wins it in Vermont? All of that and more into the show. Robert Johnson here, Johnson Gold, Walton Johnson. Welcome, guys. We've got to be brief because it is Memorial Day weekend, the half day of school for my son Clayton. I just got back from the track and field day. When I was a kid, it was called field day. At his school, the shirt said track and field day. Very interesting. It's a step in the right direction for our sport, I think. Also, I'm releasing this podcast to the masses. This is going to everyone. Usually the Friday 15 is just for supporters club members, but I want encourage people to sign up so they can get a full recap of Rabat. Usually our second podcast is probably what? I don't know. They're probably getting up there to an hour. But just to remind you guys, sign up for the Supporters Club now. You will get the Rabat podcast. You can relax on Monday, find out exactly what happened. You got to do it now. Let'srun.com slash subscribe. You join for a year. You want a famous Let'srun.com t-shirts. This t-shirt just was on some Barstool Sports podcast. Some guy was wearing the yellow t-shirt. People were making fun of the yellow color. Yellow is great. It's iconic yellow. Let's run yellow. But the blue is my favorite now. I don't know about you, John. Yeah, I I think the blue overtook it for me last year, but they both look great. They're both fantastic shirts, super comfortable to wear. So you really can't go wrong. All right, let's talk about the meets this weekend. It's going to be a fantastic weekend at track and field. I love it. You got big-time meets in LA tonight, and on Saturday, you got the Rabat Diamond League on Sunday, and then Monday, it's Memorial Day. Everyone can go out, get their barbecue, and then watch the Celtics complete the greatest comeback in NBA history in Game 7 on Monday night. So it's going to be a fantastic weekend. I want to start in Rabat because the the biggest race of the weekend from a Let's Run.com perspective has to be the men's 1500. Jakob Ingebrigtsen, the Olympic champion, is taking on Yared Nagus, the American indoor record holder in the mile and the 3,000 meters, his Diamond League, debut i posed this question in my meet preview is this the most anticipated diamond league debut by an american distance runner i can't think of one where i've been more excited for an american's diamond league debut than this 1500 against ingebrigtsen am i wrong i think it has to be Right, like we've been excited about American distance Diamond League debuts, but we've never had an American distance Diamond League debut where that person is arguably the number two in the world. Like in the sprints, you might have it. Some college kids breaking through. They do the Diamond League the first time. You're like, wow, they might win this thing. But we don't talk about American distance runners 
winning diamond leagues outside of Ajay Wilson and now a thing Mo. It's a very rare occasion. Right. The comparison for me, I thought of a couple came to my mind. Was one was Mo, who debuted in twenty twenty one at the pre classic, but that that was a big deal. But at the same time, it's not like we didn't know how good she was. She had just won the Olympics. We already know she's the best in the world. Like her showing up to race against some of these other women that she had just beaten in Tokyo. To me, the big thing about the Nagoose debut is we don't actually know how he stacks up against Ingebrigtsen because he's never raced them. He's made this big jump from being one of the best in America to now one of the best in the world indoors. But there's still that uncertainty. With Mo, there wasn't any uncertainty. We already knew she was the best. Comparing it to Mo is ridiculous. I mean, I wasn't excited to watch Mo debut. I'd already seen her dominate the world. This, to me, reminds me of, like, I mean, using another sport, like Steven Strasburg, when he was the number one pick and was throwing, like, 100 miles an hour in the minors, and he was, like, a phenomenon. People, like, wanted to see what he was going to do in the majors. So, so excited by this. So excited. One other thing about these debuts and stuff, like, what other, I mean, I guess the 800, we've had some women do it, but John, can you give me a list of Americans that have ever won a Diamond League distance event? 1,500 on up. Ben True, obviously. You guys forget his great victory at the 2015 Adidas Grand Prix in New York. But no, the guys who've won a Diamond League distance event. All right, I think Legat won a few. Uh, Leo Manzano won one in the 1,500. Paul Chalimo's won one. Emma Coburn, Jenny Simpson, obviously, Shannon Robery. I mean, it's not a K- Katie Mackey one, a really watered down one a few years ago. Okay, let me it's- let me rephrase the question. American born men. Okay. American born men. Donovan Brazier. I mean, he's 800. No, it's not 1500 and on up. 1500 and on up. Ben True. I mean, is there anyone apart from Ben True who's done it? Excuse Evan Jager. Yeah. Evan Jager's won a Diamond League. Steeple doesn't count. That's like the quadruple jump. Like, and I mean in a legitimate diamond league with actually African runners in it. I mean, Jago beat legit people. Okay. Just if you dis- disregarding the steeple, but and all the people who all the years who have accused me of using the term American born to be racist, I'm using American born to born to refer to someone to exclude Leo Manzano and Paul Chilimo, but to include Yard Nagus, who is of East African descent. So very interesting. But yeah, it's just exciting to 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 think that he could win this. And I, I think on the Let's Run poll, let's take a look at, at the latest results here. What percent of the nation thinks that Nagus is going to win this? 27% say Nagus. 66% think Ingebrigtsen. I wish that, that we could find betting odds on this. I, I would think about it. At 27%, I think I would take Nagus. I don't know, man. It's really disrespectful to for, for, to, to Ingebrigtsen. Like, the rumor is he wants to get the world record of the mile in Oslo in a few weeks, so he's always in shape. What, what do you guys ultimately think? I would love to see Nagus win it, but I think ultimately, I don't know, man. If he's in that indoor shape, he's winning this race. I honestly think if he's in the same shape that he was indoors, he wins. But I think generally my brain's like, okay, Robert, you're just, you want that to happen? I don't know. Actually, I love Ingebrigtsen. I, I would like to see him challenge, pull up on him, and then Ingebrigtsen's strength pulls out. And he wins it at the end. I'm picking Ingebrigtsen, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Yard Nagus hangs on and then 
pulls away the last hundred because he has the skill set of a guy you would think could challenge and beat Jakob Ingebrigtsen. We know he's strong. He's run 728 for 3K, which is almost as fast as Jakob's PB. And he closes fast in fast races, or he has shown at least once he can do it when he ran 347 and closed in 25 uh, at the want to make a mile. Like you said, Robert, if he does that same sort of thing, it basically means Jakob is going to have to run the equivalent of a 345 or a 346 mile to be clear of Nagus. And he has run 346 in the past, but he's going to have to be close to his best uh, to be able to run away from Nagus. That said, like we're just sort of assuming Nagus is in the exact same shape as he was in February. Like The thing I said earlier this week on the podcast, Jakob always shows up. He's super consistent. Do you guys know how many times since the start of 2020... He's finished lower than second in a distance race, so I'm not counting any 800s. Of course I do, because I read your preview. Well, then, what do you think? Twice. I read once. the same thing, John. Twice. The limp- No, it's once. Lower than lower than second. He was second oh. twice at Worlds. No, the, it was the 20, and that was the 2021 Monaco Diamond League. He still ran 329 low, he had missed two weeks of training coming in because of illness. So it took two 328s to beat him. And guess what? He still won the Olympics later that year. The guy, he's just a monster. And there is a difference between getting into really elite shape and being able to hold it for essentially the whole season, which is what Ingebrigtsen does. That's why I'm giving him the edge. But Yard, we saw him a few weeks ago. He ran 146. He looked great. He had that big kick when he wanted to sound running me. So I think he's still pretty fit right now. And from what it sounds like, his training partner, Ollie Hoare, is talking on his podcast. He's sounds like he's pretty fit right now as well. And Robert always shakes his head when I bring up Ollie Hoare, but this guy ran 347 last year. He was second or third in four Diamond Leagues last season. Yeah, he was kind of the next guy after Jakob on the circuit. Robert, for whatever reason, doesn't give him any credit at all for that. So, do you, I mean, do you expect a Jakob Yared 1 2, or do you think that someone else can break him up, whether it's him or Abel Kipsang or Mario Garcia Romo? Come on, John. I'm like Robert, please. Like, has Ollie Hoare, he's never beaten Jakob, correct? Correct. Not going to happen. I would take three to one odds Ollie doesn't beat, y- beat Yared. I mean, like, come on. Like, no, no, no. If anyone's going to break the top two, it would be Abel saying It's not Ollie Hoare. Come on. Ollie Hoare is second fiddle in his own training group now. Second I expect fiddle? him to get beat every time. Yeah, second fiddle. Maybe third fiddle. Thank you. even a third fiddle position? Orchestra people, let us know. Like, what do you call an orchestra with a fiddle player? But yeah. anyway... Isn't that like some sort of bluegrass orchestra or something? I feel like real orchestras use violins, but... This, all right, this, I'm just saying, this is totally disrespectful for Ollie Hoare. You guys, he won the Commonwealth Games last year. He was very consistent performer on the Diamond League circuit. You're just writing him off like he's yesterday's news because, yeah, okay, he got smoked by Nagus at Milrose. I will admit that. But he has shown he can consistently perform at a high level. Not high enough to beat Jakob, but the idea that you're just writing him off and that he's totally, 
you know, Nagusa surpassed him now and forever. I just think that's incredibly disrespectful. If I had to pick head to head on Sunday, I'm picking Nagus. But I think you guys are forgetting everything Ollie Hor accomplished last season. Okay, yeah. Ollie Hor was consistent last year in the Diamond League. He was consistently beaten. He did get second at Pre, but third in Birmingham. Beaten by Ingebrigtsen. He beat everyone else. Okay, fine. Third in Birmingham, John. He was beaten by two guys. Second at Pre. Second at Oslo. Third in the Diamond League final, I believe. Oh, and 12th in Lausanne in between there. So, yeah, he was consistently beaten. He's never won one of these things. The Commonwealth Games was great, but I don't think an athlete... Sorry, Ingerbitson wasn't there. Can we I get mean, back he only to the beat picture? the world champion in that race, but you're giving him no credit for that. Fine. But can we get back to the big picture? Yeah, Jake Whiteman, who'd been on a party tour for about a week and a half after that, showed up and gets beat. The big picture, John, you wrote this in the preview about Nagus. Close in 25 in a 347 race, and you can beat pretty much anyone in the world. And that's the thing. If you bring if these guys if everyone brings their A game, what I think Jakob wins. But I'm up for discussion. Yard's A game may be right up there with Jakob. Maybe I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I think it's TBT. I was watching a little TNT last night, and Charles Barkley said, if the Celtics and Heat play their best game, the Celtics win. So the thing with track and field is, and Jakob's shown this, he can bring something close to his best game most of the time, and the favorites usually win, so that's why I see this as a two-person race. I want to go out on a limb like Gert, Gert Ingebrigtsen did. Remember after the Olympics? I actually mocked him for this. He said, my son will never lose to Timothy Chariot again. And then he proceeded to lose to him in the very next race. But that's the way I feel about Yared against the rest of the OAC. That These guys have run 330.12 and 330.20. But again, if I was them, I'd be looking for a new training group. But uh, I just, it's so weird for me because I normally I know in a sporting event, I turn it on instantly. This is why I like other sports. Instantly, I know who I'm rooting for when I'm watching a game. I don't know who I'm rooting for. Well, John's a journalist. You can't root. Like, I don't know who I want to win this because these are two of my favorite guys. I've always supported Yared. I mean, if, if this guy takes down Jakob Ingerberts, oh, it's going to be crazy. So do we have to make a bold prediction or do we have to make an official prediction right now? I think you should pick who wins. I'm pick, I'm taking Jakob. Who do you guys think is going to win? I think Jakob wins, but like if the betting, you know, 27%, if you're giving me three to one, I'm betting Yard and Goose every single time. Two to one, am I betting Ingerbitson? I don't think that's good enough odds for me. This is maybe like a 60-40 thing for me. And then... Imagine if Jakob, I mean, excuse me, if Yared destroys him. Like, who's got the higher upside? Like, who could, if he destroys him here, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking world record soon. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see wait, what the time wait. is, but. For the fans, what do we want? What's the better outcome of this? Oh, the, the better outcome is if Yard wins. Let's run with, like, Crash. If Yard Nagus smacks down Jakob Ingebrigtsen in his first Diamond League race, the hype will be out of control. Like, Matthew Centuritz won the Olympics, but he never won a Diamond League. He never went up against the best guys in the world and beat them in a Diamond League race. Now, I guess I'm not... Sorry, I don't mean that as shade against 
Matthew Sensowitz because obviously what he accomplished was amazing in Rio. But this is what drives, like, that's winning the peak. This is setting the hype machine in motion. There's no more hype you can get than beating Jakob Ingebrigtsen in a Diamond League. So, yeah. Agreed, 100%. When Webb won Paris, did he take down everybody there? That was spectacular when he did that. Right, that's what I keep thinking of. This is essentially Webb in 2007. When he hit that new level, he's running these crazy times. He goes to Paris and wins. And, you know, it kind of never got better for him. But that, that's, I'm getting those sort of vibes with what Nagus did indoors. Now it's a question, can he keep it going? Okay, we said we were going to keep this show to 15 minutes, guys. So I guess that's it. No, just kidding. We, we can't help ourselves. We can't help ourselves. That was fifteen, roughly fifteen minutes on the fifteen hundred. And there's a fifteen hundred in LA on Saturday, so we've got basically anyone who's good in the world not in Rabat will be in LA. Timothy Chariot, Reynold Chariot, Cooper Tier, and a host of Americans. I think John's thinking Reynold Chariot is going to win because, right, John? He won in I, Kenya. I'm I'm leaning towards him, but I'm looking at what Timothy Chariot's done this year. He's run 144 and he's run 736. <laughs> he seems to be in pretty good shape. So I know Reynold Chariot just ran 332 at altitude in Nairobi, but based on what Timothy Chariot's done this year, I wouldn't be shocked if he's in, if he's in that kind of shape too. So I think I'm going to go on Reynold because he's kind of on his way up and Chariot after last year was on his way down, but that should be a good battle. My question for you guys, how far ahead of the Americans are these two guys? Because you've got most of the top Americans not named Diara Nagus are running here. Kubatia, Johnny Gagarik, and Josh Thompson. That was the Team USA at the Worlds last year. You've also got Sam Prakel. You've got Hobbs Kessler. And you've got Matthew Sensowitz. How far away will they be from the Kenyan Chariot duo? Two plus seconds away. Well, how close was Tier and Pri last year? Tier's the only one that they can hang with him. But I'm excited to see how does Tier stack up against them? Could this be the breakout performance for Kessler? I think he's doing quite well. But it's interesting on this poll. Let's run. Who's the top finish USA finisher in the 1500 in LA? 75% Tier. Then the next is 6% Thompson, Preco, 5% Centrowitz, and Kessler. But Johnny Gregoric, I mean, he's made two US teams. He gets 3%. Like, again, he's the type of guy that you know is never going to be the top American finisher. Like, despite his accolades, I think he ran a 347, 348 mile indoors one year. Like, he's always good at finishing second or third for the Americans, never first. So, sorry for the disrespect there. I know you beat him in a high school race, John, but just kind of interesting. Clearly, he never ran a 347 mile indoors. That would have been an American record. So I said I 348. What? I said 348. Yeah, it was 349. But the bigger picture, the biggest picture in the American front for me is a name who is not here. Cole Hawker is pulled out of this race. He's not raced outdoors. We're now six weeks from USA's. It's starting to get worrisome. Yeah, panic button. Hit it. I mean, six weeks out from USA's, if you're healthy, you should be racing. And the fact that he was in this race and withdrew shows something's up. There was no reason provided for why his name was removed from the start list, but I'm assuming it's an injury because he's had injuries indoors and last year. It's very worrying if you're a fan of Cole Hawker, if you're a fan of American distance running. This guy was sixth at the Olympics as a 20-year-old, ran 330 
one. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. But since 2021, he really, well, I guess since the 2022 indoor season, he's just struggled to stay healthy. And if you're not racing at this point in the season, I'm, I'm very worried about his chances of doing anything at USA's. Stick a fork at him for USA's. No chance, no chance. Looking it up last year, pre-classic, I said two seconds. That's disrespectful. Tier will be within two seconds. Last year, Ingerbitson 349.76. Tier, who, who ran aggressively, 351.70. So he was just under two seconds. So, uh, it, yeah, I'd like to see him reduce that. He was only one second behind Timothy Chariot, actually, in that race. So that'll be interesting. One thing I, I was thinking about, and, and I need to get out of here soon, was back to that robot diamond link for a second. Is it possible we get we get kind of an accordion? Like Nagus, I think what he's not used to is he's had these amazing closes, but in some of these races, John, the third four hundred really lagged and he sort of rested up and then blasted the last two hundred. And Ingebrigtsen is, is sort of always shoving it constantly. So if he doesn't give up mentally, I can see a s- scenario where we think Nagus, it's almost like how Ingebrigtsen runs the five thousand. He gets dropped a little bit. But then Kent comes back up. I, I could see a scenario where we think Nagus is out of it, but then he just rolls the last 200, even a slight gap, and wins it. So, really interesting. But yeah, Kessler, I mean, not Kessler, Hawker is disappointing. Hasn't it been an Achilles issue, John? Whenever I hear Achilles, it's like I, I refer to my own experience. Dude, just get the damn surgery. You're going to be out for years if that's it. Maybe I'm just making this up. But that's going to be a great race. I think there's a 5,000 tonight. There's a huge women's hurdles race um, on Saturday. Toby Amundsen, the world record holder, and, and the Jasmine Camacho Quinn, the world record holder. I mean, the Olympic champion. Shakari is going to be amazing. But I, I, I want to talk about Rabat here. I know that, you know, you guys were saying all week, are we going to see Jacobs versus Curly? I was like, why are they being so cynical? Well, I think it was Otto Bolden pointed out, the Olympic champion in the men's 100 has not faced the world champion in the men's 100 in a diamond league since, when was it, 2012? Yeah, well, it it wasn't even a diamond league. It was the 2012 Olympic final, uh, Johan Blake against Usain Bolt. I mean, that's a little bit of a, Weird way of saying it because for a long period, the world and Olympic champions were the same time. So, were the same person, Usain Bolt, and then Bolt retires after 2017. He's still the Olympic champion. But yeah, this doesn't happen very often, these matchups of the two best 100 meter runners in the world. And it was supposed to happen four times last year. Didn't happen at all. It was supposed to happen in Rabat. Didn't happen. They're scheduled to race each other in Florence next week. We'll see. Yeah, on Friday, the, you know, a week from today. My prediction for that right now, I think that Marcel Jacobs 100% will race in Florence. This guy's getting crucified right now, and I think it's unjustified. The question to me is, will the matchup happen? It will unless Curly pulls out. I really think Jacobs is going to show up in front of the hometowns, and I don't like the disrespect that, Jacobs, that, that people are giving to Jacobs right now. David Verberg, former Olympian, I think in the 400, says this on Twitter. The pullout game is so strong, his kid is probably adopted, he says of Marcel Jacobs. I mean, that to me 
is ridiculous. Have we forgotten what Marcel Jacobs did? He won the Olympics last year. And then what did he do? Did he rest? No, 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 no. He proved it wasn't a fluke. He went to World Indoors and took on America's best guy, the world record holder in the event, and beat him at 60 meters. This is not a guy that tries to duck competition. He missed Worlds. Did he just sit out the rest of the year? No. He went to Euros and, and won that. So this disrespect of America's greatest sprinter. We have an American sprint champion. Marcel Jacobs, for all you haters out there, remember, born in America, so he is a U.S. citizen, is being disrespected by his own, and it's just, just despicable. Robert, they would point out he did run Worlds. He ran the first round and then didn't run after that. Yeah, but did you watch him run the what first round, Weldon? Clearly, he was not 100%. People are acting as if he's just making up these injuries. Did they not see him at Worlds where he was clearly hobbling? Did they not see him at Euro Indoors when he got second and had Italian red, white, and green tape all down his leg? Like People are acting as if he's just making up these injuries, which I think some athletes, maybe some of these injuries, some of these pullouts we've seen earlier this year have been a little overblown in terms of how serious the injuries were. But this one, he's taking tremendous amounts of shit from the American track and field internet. And I just like Robert Griffin, the third is weighing in like all these people are just calling him the ducking champion, duck, duck goose. It's, it's crazy to me, especially because some of the other people, I mean, did anyone call out Shelly Ann Fraser price for pulling out of Nairobi when, or I mean, they weren't supposed to race Sherry Richardson, but I guess we mentioned they weren't racing each other, but did anyone call her out for ducking Sherry Richardson? To this kind of degree? No, because she flew out to Italy and got hurt. Like, I, I don't know. The question I have is, are they giving the same shit to Sydney McLaughlin? Are they, do they dare criticize America's golden child? She's not running LA. We, we, we got a big meet in LA. I, I should be writing an editorial about this. The biggest meet in LA in track field in 20 years, and none of LA's stars are there. Sydney, no. A thing, no. They might be in the stands. Michael Norman, no. And Ry Benjamin, no. All four? Are we going four for four? Yeah. Benjamin's out too now? Quad injury. Quad, sore quad. So, oh my God. They can't even go down to their local track and, and compete. Larry Larry's- Rawson would be ashamed at these folks. It's what I thought of, John. <laughs> and, but with Sydney Robert, come on. She's better than everyone else. No one's assuming she's ducking. Well, I guess well hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You scheduled yeah. to face Marilady Paulino, who won the Doha Diamond League, who was the silver medalist at Worlds in the Olympics. Now, I will say this. Paulino is on the start list in Paris this coming week. Where, oh, sorry, in June 9th, where Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni is also supposed to race. But yeah, no, no one called her out for ducking Paulino. Maybe because there hasn't been a high publicized internet war between Paulino and Sidney McLaughlin Lavroni saying they want to race each other. But yeah, people get mad when you sign up to run a race and you're talking shit on the internet with other athletes. And I would say Curly started it, but people want to see this showdown and they're mad that it's not happening and they're taking it out on Jacobs. I think it's a little, I just hope that Marcel Jacobs is saving up all these receipts. He's taking note of everyone and if he does end up winning, he is very entitled to kind of pull out every single one of these receipts when they race either in Florence or a Worlds later this year. John said that to me off here. Collect the receipts, and then he, we're almost rooting. I was, I was, I felt a little bit bad. 
we're almost rooting against an American. But again, I'll point out Marcel Jacobs is American. So even if he crushes, I, John and I want the same thing. We want Jacobs. I love Curly, how he moved down to the 400. He's kind of the quiet champion. But I love how they're talking shit. But in that one, I think I want Jacobs just to crush him. And just he can gloat all he wants or even lose this year Worlds and then win again. But this is great for the sport. I, I, I love it. El Bacali, it's going to be a great meet. I'll see you guys on Sunday. I've got to go pick up my son from track and field day. Uh, coaches, if you want to contact me for the college scholarships, 844-438-7786. Thank you. All right. For the record, I'm not rooting for a specific outcome. I'm ex- I just want to see Carly and Jacobs race each other. There's no way John watches these things. He roots for someone at some point. It, it's got to enter the equation. This whole Jacobs and curly thing i think it's a little jingoism if if jacobs was american the hatred would not be there john but i think some it's because he's a foreigner and, and well he's american but you know what i'm saying if he grew up here but also some of this like the other guys would know him and have been around him in training camps and this sort of stuff but now it's like screw this guy he's not one of us let's let's come in hot and heavy for him so he needs to beat curly once this year at least it doesn't have to be at the world's but we'll still have the Olympics. He's still the reigning Olympic champion. It's amazing the amount of disrespect for the Olympic champion. Usain Bolt never raced Justin Gatlin in the regular season. He never took any shit. Now, he wasn't calling out Gatlin or anything, like saying we need to race each other, but this is common practice for the top 100-meter guys not to race each other. And for some reason, I mean, I guess it's because Jacobs actually does enter these races and then pulls out. It is a different situation, but I am stunned by the the vitriol he's received. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Okay, well, and so we've hit some of the big storylines from this weekend. I guess the men's hundred, we did this is still a pretty good race. We're saying, oh, we get no Coley and Jacobs, but Coley's still there. Trayvon Bromel's still there. Ferdinand Nomanyal is still there. Let's see Tobogo is there. I think Coley will win this race, but those are probably four of the top ten guys in the world, so Pretty excited to see it, see it still. If anyone was beating Curly, I thought it was Oman Yawa, so that hasn't changed. It's still a great 100. Yeah, the interesting thing is, can Oman Yawa get done outside of Nairobi? That's where his best races have been, but he is the world leader with that 984 from Nairobi. Curly ran 988 in the prelims in Yokohama last weekend at sea level. Okay. So outside of those events, what else are you looking forward to this weekend? We do have... Carissa Schweizer has been a late add to the 5K tonight in LA. She hasn't raced since the World Championships. Apparently, she's healthy enough because she's now on the start list. So, curious to see what she could do there. There's also a great 800 in Rabat on the men's side I'm looking forward to. Do you have any other races you're really going to be looking forward to? I've never seen this video till today. It's in the preview. But when this 18-year-old kid... Emmanuel Wanyanyoni took down Wycliffe Kinyamo. They both ran 143. They're back at it again. But this women's eight, we're talking about American Diamond League winners. Sage Herta Klecker is in this field. I mean, I think the eights are best event still. She could win this thing. The men's hurdles loaded. Um, I think it's cool. I mean, you got Grant Holloway versus all the Jamaicans. But I love seeing um, Devin Allen. He got right back into track and field. So stellar matchup in the, at hurdles. And, and 
But one interesting thing, John, you, ha- you have in your preview is a quote from Trey Cunningham, who isn't racing this one, but you're like, wait, why do the hurdle guys square off so much? And he's like, we don't have another race we can hide in. So the sport, you know, people duck each other. You know, you can skip a race here and there, but you can go to the 200 if you're a 100-meter runner. You can go to the 400 if you're two four-person. But the hurdle guys, they race each other a lot. I mean, you'll see probably this three or four of this combination of guys race five or six times this year, which is great. Yeah, they like getting in a rhythm. They need to get out there and get races in. They're not like Sidney McLaughlin and Veroni who can just sit out and then come back and smash everyone. Like These guys want to get races, to get their timing down, to get their stride pattern down and everything like that. It's more important in the 110 hurdles than the 400 hurdles to do that. And I would also say, with the exception maybe of Grant Holloway, is most of them don't have the huge contracts you would get for a 100-meter sprinter or for someone like a Thing Mo or Sidney McLaughlin and Veroni who are winning world Olympic titles, who are breaking world records. They are making enough that they don't need to compete. All of these hurdlers, the top guys are going to be on decent contracts, but they're going to want to get that money as well, get the appearance fees, get the prize money. So, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's great that they and the women's 100 hurdlers like to race against each other because uh, we've got that in LA as well. I'm looking forward to this men's 800 in Rabat. Like you mentioned, well, then when Yonyi beat Kenya Mal in Nairobi a couple weeks ago, they both ran 143. Now you're getting Emmanuel Courier in there as well, the reigning world and Olympic champion. That could be a nice little battle. I'm not ready to declare the wait, year of the 800. What? Wait, Courier's in this as well? Yeah, season opener. I had no idea. We need to go to read my. Oh, this is even better. Carefully. Yeah, that's going to be a great race, right? So, John, in fairness, the preview, I, I saw a preview of the preview before we started recording the podcast. The preview's probably now live on the homepage. So, well, that's a great one. And then back to LA, Woody Kincaid now out of the 5K, but still an interesting 5K from American perspective. Well, the men's one, I wouldn't say the men's one's that interesting. I guess it's its Abdelhamid Noor is the headliner. And he's up against a guy who won the world under 20 title a couple of years ago, Adesu Yihune of Ethiopia. You've also got Lex Young going for the high school record. He has told the LA Times he wants Connor Burns' record that was set a couple of weeks ago. Lex Young's run 1343. As a junior, he's run 13.44 this year. The record's 13.37. This is going to be a race that will go fast enough, no doubt about that. So I'm excited to see that. Is he in the main race, John, or is there a B race for him? They only list one 5K, uh, 28 guys. So unless they're planning on breaking that up into two, I think he's in the main race. I think that makes it harder for him. It'd be better if he was in some sort of B race, but still a good one. But the the premier matchup now, thank you, Shakari Richardson. I don't know if Nike is making you run or somebody, but what have you been doing this year? You've been showing up, touring the world and racing. It's what the sport needs. It's what the fans need. She's moves the needle with the sports fans, track and field fans. And she's the big favorite in this one, but she, but Aaliyah Hobbs was killing it indoors. She's run, I think, 1086 outdoors already. Like Marie Jose Toulouse is in this one. This is a very good women's 100 meter matchup. So 
Sorry, they should move this one to last. This should be the last race of the night. Bump Christian Colvin before it. Put Shakari last. You want to have the premier event last at all every track meet. That's my new rule. Shakari should go last because she's the star. She's I more of a star than Christian Coleman. Yes, she is. I agree with you, Weldon. She, they should have the women's 100 loss. And also, about the timing of this meet, for most of this week, it was total amateur hour. The USATF had one schedule on their website. The results page had a different schedule. They had the men's 1500 was listed as a mile, and one spot was listed as a 1500. Initially, it was listed as being before the TV window. Then it was listed as being after the TV window. I reach out to people at the meet. No one responds to me. It's ridiculous. This is supposed to be the biggest LA meet since the LA Olympics. That's what they're calling it on their website. And they can't even produce a schedule the day before the meet. They were updating it on Thursday. The meet starts on Friday and they had not finalized the schedule on Thursday. I'm sorry. It's like high school meets can tell you what the schedule is going to be a week in advance. I know you've got people pulling out of the races, but come on, people. Certain level of professionalism. This one's going to be interesting. I hope everyone in LA bought tickets before the four LA stars pulled out. But hey, they're trying, right? They're trying. Like, if Elon Musk can't even keep Twitter going, he's the world's, like, one of the most accomplished people screwing things up. If Twitter spaces crash, USATF is allowed to screw up in the first attempt having a meet in LA, but hopefully people turn out. There's some good matchups. Hopefully, we got stands. Butts in the stands. I hope so. I Look, I give them... No, I give USATF credit. We've complained for a long time. They should have meets in major cities. They're putting it in the second biggest city in the United States. They tried to get a lot of athletes. The problem is, we say this for you, you USATF can't force these athletes to race. If they don't want to race, they don't have to race. The only meet you really have to show up for is the US championships. So I commend USATF. They're trying these ideas. They have this post-race concert, Legends Jam or whatever. Who knows if it's going to work, but they've got to meet in a major American city. They've got some of the best athletes in the world. They've still got Shakari Richardson, Mondo Duplantis, Ryan Krauser. It's on national TV. It's on NBC, 4.30 to 6 on six Eastern on Saturday. They're trying to make the sport succeed, but you need some cooperation from the athletes at some point. And some of the, it's unfortunate. Maybe some of these athletes are injured. Maybe the injuries are overblown. I don't know, but... I do give USATF credit for trying to make this thing a success in LA. I agree with you. But I, I don't know. I never understood the concert thing after the race, but it, it's like the thing that's been in vogue for track and field for 10 years. Maybe it works this time. I thought the Legends Jam, you know, maybe they bring out like Carl Lewis or somebody else would be like these old stars and somehow you could mingle with them and there'd be like high-end meet and greet packages. I don't know if that happened or not. But we'll find out on Saturday. That's on NBC, big, big Boy NBC, so that's great. And then after the Diamond League, we'll have a live video show. But if you're listening to this, you're a podcast listener. If you want to get the podcast, you got to be a Supporters Club member. Please join today. We love all the people who have been signing up to get the live Diamond, the podcast Diamond League reaction. So do it today. Let's run slash subscribe. And remember, summer is here. That means grapefruit salt element is here. The electrolyte drink that I love. Check it out. Link in the show notes. Drink 
element.com slash let's run. That's too hard for you guys to remember. So go to let's run.com slash drink. How about that? Let's run.com slash drink. All right. See everyone right. on Sunday afternoon, 4, 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll be going live, breaking it all down after a bot. You're still listening at this point and you're not a supporters club member. Come on. Now's the time to do it. Join and you'll get a recap of the robot Diamond League meet in your podcast feed. You can save on running shoes and you support littleletsrun.com. Link in the show notes, letsrun.com slash subscribe.